Welcome to the Big Fucking Feelings Podcast, a show on how to use psychology to process your emotions, train your brain, and deal with being a human. And now, me, your host, psychology major, corporate badass, and certified life coach, Michelle Kevill. Hi, everyone. How are we all today? I really hope you're well and staying warm because I am in Sydney, Australia, and it is winter right now and it's really cold. We had the coldest day in May recently and yeah, I I really hate winter. (laughs) So today I'm going to be talking about workaholism. So if you haven't checked out my other episodes, I would suggest checking them out as this flows on from what we're talking about today. Might sound extreme, but workaholism is actually a disease. And ultimately what it is, it's really a form of buffering from our emotions and feelings. And also another way for our brains to get a hit of dopamine. It ultimately serves our negative thoughts as well. It keeps us stuck in that loop. So firstly, what is workaholism? Well, it was coined in the 70s as a person who has an uncontrollable need or compulsion to work. This includes thinking about it constantly, feeling guilty when you're not working, or even when you're taking breaks. So if you're hearing this, you're potentially one of two things. One, you don't think you're a workaholic. You just think that they're absolute zombies and that's not you at all. Or maybe even that they're really, really good at their job. Like they love work. They're a workaholic. Or you think, that this is kind of me I don't exactly know I would ask yourself does the sound of your email notification terrify you are you checking your phone not just sometimes but all the time are you on edge on the weekend that something might happen you might get a call in you might see your phone ring Do you have the inability to take any form of a break or you feel bad when you stop to take a break or even eat or even take appointments during the day to see the doctors? Are you absolutely exhausted but still pushing through a task? And I think the key thing here are people, your friends, your family telling you to stop working And your response is, I have to do this. I must work. I have to get this done. It's the job. Let me tell you right now, if any of this fits you in some way or form, you are a fucking workaholic. (laughs) I never thought I was a workaholic. I just thought I had a stressful and fast paced job and that shit needed to be done. I will tell you right now, my day job has not changed the only things that have changed are my thoughts and actions and if anything i'm actually doing more work i'm providing better value and i'm being a coach as well so look how does this happen and why are we doing it so ultimately you're here like all right i get this workaholism but tell me what to do how do i fix this how do i sort this out how do i make it better Ultimately, it is all due to our thoughts around work and the value we place on it, especially how interconnected it is with our self-worth, 
which is what I see a lot in my clients and my colleagues. And also I used to see this in myself. We're raised in a society where providing an output is good. Working is good. Like that is seen in religious texts and it's very heavy in capitalism. It's all about the hustle. You know, what are we doing? What are we making? It's even the first thing we ask our kids, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What job do you want? What's your plan? And anyone that kind of goes off that path is seen a little bit of a little bit weird, a little bit of an outcast. So I know people who have actually given up their jobs to, you know, move out to the country or like live in a van and move from place to place. And they are kind of judged by society as not being, you know, normal. Now, I'm not saying we should all go live in vans, but I know I desperately wanted to run away to Hawaii, open up a coffee shop and live on the beach in a van when I had an unmanaged mind. (laughs) But my point around this is that we're absorbing all these messages around the meaning of work. And we see this really early on. We see this in school especially with the HSC or maybe it's the stats in the US or like a finishing exam overseas, where what we're doing is we are taking complex human beings and we're placing an arbitrary number on them, which we place so much value upon. And from that, we assume that they are, you know, the higher, the smarter, they're a harder worker, etc. Based off a number... (laughs) It might be different overseas, but ultimately this number in Australia, you, you know, you given, you get this number and then you can go do the, the degree you want and each one has their own ranking. That has never made any sense to me because humans are very complex human beings and individuals. And it's just an ultimate, it's just an easy way to rank people and put them into a box. And, you know, really, it's not very nice <laughs> to rank a whole, you could say, generation of people based off an exam and then that all your value is almost tied to that, like that can be with an unmanaged mind, which I would say is all of us, a very big thing. So this idea that work is valuable and it being tied to our self-worth, like this has been in us and in society for a very long time. And this output or work ethic it comes from a very early 20th century industrialism industrial industrialization you get what i mean off like manual labor back in the day before the technology and computers we required real people real people power and more people doing manual labor for long periods of time this led to like you know textiles cars etc It also ultimately led to unions because humans aren't robots. It was unions that created the eight hour workday, for example, and a whole lot of other rights that protect humans, especially, and I guess those manual conditions. And I think we've taken this ideology and have applied it to the 21st century. And the key message being, you are valuable in society If you are working, getting promoted, celebrating your career, or what the fuck are you doing? The fact is, though, it isn't how long you work 
or if you're in the office at 7am and then leave at 8pm. It's ultimately about the value that you bring to your role. And I see so many clients who I work with who say, you know, they've been working so hard, but they still haven't been promoted. And when I'm coming from an outside perspective, I'm like, well, you're running yourself into the ground and you're working on fumes. That's not to say you can't get promoted with an unmanaged mind. I would say lots of people have. But now, now our jobs really require our prefrontal cortex to make strategic business decisions. Now, when I say that not all of us work in corporate because I work in corporate and that's the examples I give, but you could be a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer, or even in sales. You need that thinking part of your brain to make decisions, not the limbic part. And if you're a workaholic, you're running on empty. Things will take longer to do versus setting boundaries and creating a balance for yourself. So one of the metaphors that was given to me, which I absolutely hate, (laughs) it didn't make sense to me because I really truly believed in the ethos of like work equals output, like you just have to keep going. And the metaphor is, or the story is, there are two woodchoppers cutting the same amount of wood. So woodchopper A is like, all right. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to chop all through this wood. I'm just going to keep chopping, you know, I just want to get it done. I want to get it over and done with. So they keep chopping, they take no breaks, and they're just going through it. And he notices that woodchopper B gets it done in half the time. Like, he's all done, like, by halfway through the day. And woodchopper A is like, dude, what the hell? Like, how did you do that so fast? I've been working so much harder than you and chopping it all day. And Woodchopper B is like, well, yeah, every time I I took a break, I sharpened my axe. When his axe was sharp, he could chop through the wood faster. Our brains are like the axe. We're not robots. We need breaks. You cannot be reviewing data, looking at code, using the planning part of your brain if you are running yourself into the ground and activating your limbic system. The limbic system is here for flight or flight, not plan and execute. You need to turn that shit off. (laughs) Okay, Michelle, I get what you're saying, but now you're like, how do I stop doing this? It's in the name of the fucking podcast. You need to deal with those feelings. You need to sit with them. You need to look at why you are working so much. And look, is this something you want to keep? Like, you can keep doing this. This is fine. I, My podcast is here to not... I'm not trying to tell you how to live a certain life. I want you to have the tools to objectively look at and see, do I like these thoughts and actions that I'm taking and do I want to keep it? But if you're listening to this, you likely hate this. You hate this cycle. You think it's your job. But ultimately, it is your thoughts and the actions you're taking from that. I know that is so hard when I say that because how we are taught is that kind of everything happens to us and that's why I suggest to listen to the first two episodes about this. But being through it myself, once you are changing your thoughts and doing these new actions, you can really start to see this change and create this balance for yourself. So firstly, you really need to understand and look at, you know, why am I being a workaholic? 
one common reason that I see is self-worth. And on top of this, this can also be tied in with perfectionism, people-pleasing, so you know, never saying no and just taking on way too much work than you can actually handle. Plus, if you're a perfectionist, you're trying to get it all done. Plus, if it's linked to your self-worth when you don't get it all done and you try to fit 20 million things into the day, you feel like shit. But it's ultimately also a form of buffering from all the shit that's going on in your life. It's almost like an addiction. You get a lot of dopamine when you get that praise or surprise everyone with a stack of work you're done. And even the ups and downs, those extremes, those highs and lows, that can also be something that your body is used to and craves as well. And I would also check in with yourself and ask, do you want to be alone with yourself? Because when you're not working or not doing something, at least you are truly alone with you and your thoughts. And if we aren't the biggest fans of ourselves or some of those thoughts that try to creep up on us, that can be a really scary thing. I know for me, all those things we talked about, that that was all me a year ago. But one thing I really didn't realize was how I didn't want to sit just with my thoughts, just alone with myself and how much of this I was actually using to buffer from that. So in order to make a change, you really need to sit and figure out, all right, what am I thinking when I do want to work back or, you know, like be a workaholic? What feelings is this creating for me and what actions am I taking and what results am I getting? Then you need to model out what you would like instead. And what I'm seeing a lot is we're just taking on too much. We're the yes people. The reason I say we is because I slip into this habit from time to time. I'm still a human with a brain. For me, I needed to set boundaries and start saying no and letting go of control and practice, work out my thoughts, take those actions. Now, then this was and still is sometimes very, very scary because it means You have to sit with the uncomfortableness of firstly seeing your negative thoughts that support workaholism, embrace those feelings, and then sit with the new emotions that come up from enacting the new actions that you want to actually start taking. For example, saying no to that work project or pushing back or not taking control of that item. Because your limbic system is going to freak out because you're doing the opposite of the old model or the old code your brain was running on. But like I say to everyone, if you really want to make change, if you want to stop being a workaholic, you've actually got to do the thought work around this. I did and now I'm a life coach while still working a full-time job and the job has not changed. It is still busy in the sense But what has changed in my thoughts and actions, pushing back is scary. The first time I did it, I wanted to die. (laughs) But every time you start to push back and sit with the uncomfortableness of enacting the actions you actually want to take, i.e. pushing back, you are teaching your limbic system that when you say no to project X, 
It does not mean a wild bear will eat you or that we are alienated from the tribe and we have no food and we are lost to wander the abyss and die. <laughs> now, you also might be thinking, but the person I'm saying no to might get angry. Yeah, okay, that's potentially going to happen. That's actually for another episode because guess what, kids? You can't control other people's thoughts. We're taught that we can control how people feel and think, but based off the model, it's literally not possible. People have their own thoughts. They are their own little meat bags with their own different code and neurons and hormones and things firing off. It's impossible for us to literally control people's thoughts. You trying to guess how a person might feel or thinking, okay, what do I need to say or do to please them is like finding a needle in a haystack. You cannot truly know what they want from you. And even then that changes as well. And we know this from ourselves. Like the only example I can really give is when you're sitting in your home apartment or your bedroom, think about how over time your style has changed and you could go really broad you could go to when you're like eight potentially which obviously you know you might have liked something you know when you're eight is completely different to what you like as an adult but ultimately it has changed like things have changed you have liked new things you have thought new thoughts and brought that in we are thinking a ridiculous amount of thoughts consciously and subconsciously every day So I think the question to ask yourself is, why are you placing value on another person's thoughts and feelings as if they intrinsically relate to you? Ultimately, you're not the center of the universe. Now, this isn't to dismiss how a person feels. It's to understand that you cannot influence or predict thoughts from other people even with the best intentions of helping them. So if we want to get out of the trap of workaholism, we need to understand, firstly, we have absorbed a stack of messages around the meaning of work, more specifically what it should be, which is ultimately output, output, output. Ultimately, this is a lie. It needs to be value. We get value by activating the prefrontal cortex the planning part of our brain turning off the limbic system which is getting activated from your you know negative thoughts and anxious feelings and to do that we need to objectively look at what negative thoughts are we thinking and ask yourself why when you see in this negative thought like you know i have to do work keep asking yourself why like why do i have to meet this deadline etc what you'll end up getting to is a root thought. This is like a core thought that likely relates to your self-worth, perfectionism, people-pleasing, and that's what you want to work on. That's the thought that you want to challenge. You then need to go away and look at, all right, well, how do I want to feel from now on? What actions will I be taking and what results will I be getting from that? What is the thought that I want to practice? Those actions for you might be okay, I want to say no to things. So you come up with a thought that's going to work for you. Something like for me, it was like, you know, it's, it's okay to say, sometimes it's okay to say no. 
You practice that. You do the actions and then you see the results. I guarantee you, none of you are going to be living under a box (laughs) after this. I thought I was the first time I did this, but no, actually, I I still have a job. (laughs) And it's just a massive flow on effect because then you're thinking this new thought, you're taking those new actions and you're believing it. And it just keeps going from there and you just get more competent and better. And your limbic system isn't overreacting all the time. And that's how you get out of the cycle. So I really hope that this has helped today. And if you want to find out more about the thoughts and the feelings and the kind of flow model that I talk about, check out the previous episodes. I really talk about them then. So best of luck, guys, with this. I hope it's really resonated with you. And I hope you have a great rest of your day or night whenever you're listening to this. Hey, are you feeling super overwhelmed on the weekend? You just cannot stop thinking about work and you really wish there was an off button. Well you should sign up for my five-day challenge, how to disconnect from work and enjoy your weekend again in a way that actually works for you, not against you. Doom scrolling on social media or binging Netflix, that's a thing of the past. I'm going to teach you a secret that I only share with my one-on-one clients that I'll be sharing for free in this challenge. Over the next five days, we're going to go through why you keep worrying, how to handle the top three most common weekend worries, and a step-by-step guide on how to get you out of anxiety and back into calm so you can truly enjoy your time off. Link is in the show notes below to sign up. We start on Wednesday, the 22nd of November. I'll see you there.